0: Welcome to another episode of Read the Room, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well. I just got my chickens running around right now
1: looking for what they can shit on. Uh, just got done educating young minds, and here we are, here to deal with not only two ticking time bombs, but in the, in the producer's room, you told me that there might be a third. So, audience, open up your ears.
0: Yeah, well... Much as I wanted to wait before I posted, we were going to have a show today. Boy, we got a we got a third ticking time bomb that that is partly political, but also partly problematic for the Biden administration. There is apparently a whistleblower at the Department of Justice that has. Letters and documents that when Biden was vice president, he de facto had policy change for a foreign national to reflect the interests of that foreign national and is subsequently compromised in a pay-to-play scheme when he was vice president of the United States. And it's documented. oh that's so amazing um
1: i don't know what to say i'm not shocked even a little bit um and i'm interested we'll see how long this takes i mean they've got so much shit on him what more is it going to take like i don't know
0: i you know i don't know i mean i i will tell you that the democrats whether whether they're they've lost a arm wrestling match. You snap their, the top part of their forearm in half and you're about ready to snap their shoulder out of its socket. They won't cry uncle and give up power. If you did that to them and their whole family, Mm -hmm. right. To every Democrat on the planet that you just wouldn't do it. You have a Democrat in California who's supposed to take uh, Congresswoman Porter's seat. She thinks she's going to be a United States senator. And you and I will both grow a unicorn horn out of our head before that happens. Got He's a state rep, so he got busted for a DUI. And he goes on Twitter and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Blah, 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 blah. I shouldn't have driven it's like yeah okay we'll see how that yeah. plays out for you there Mr. Min his name is David Min yeah um then you have all these democrats beating the crap out of you know an 88 year old woman Diane Feinstein getting her to you know telling her to resign all this kind of stuff after you know, she's been in. She's been in office. I think she was mayor of San Francisco in seventy-two or seventy-four, right? Yes, yeah, she's been all in all it these for other Democrats a long are time. On her shoulders, which with everything that she's done for the country and her belief system, and apparently she'll come back next week. But these cats will will. Eat their young, spit out their young, eat the next batch of their young, um, and go through hell or high water before you, uh, before they'll give up power. So it's it, it's really gonna be interesting. And what I hate about it, Rick, is it's just bad for the country. Yeah, you know, doesn't mean you hide it. Doesn't mean you don't report it doesn't mean you don't make the appropriate change but it's just damn bad for the country it is um i would ask
1: three questions uh about what you just said one is in regards to what it would take to finally pinch the bidens um do you think he could get away with shooting a baby on tv and still no. get away with it? You don't think you
0: <clears throat> no, he could get away with dropping one.
1: Da-da-da-ch. But you not know. killing one?
0: Oops. <clears throat> Dude,
1: do you think that his base would still vote for him after that?
0: I think that it is wishful thinking that the Democrats, without manufacturing votes in certain places, having dead people vote, Having uh, a half a million illegal aliens somehow register to vote in uh, key places around the country, um, it still ain't going to help them. Yeah, which this is guy, why it's... this guy is in real trouble. He's back down to thirty-seven uh, percent in a in a recent poll.
1: Well, I, I love what Abbott was doing and some of the other uh, players in the game uh, by shipping some of these migrants into mm-hmm. sanctuary cities or den cities so that they yeah. can, like, we're going to lose the vote. <clears throat> they're just never going to change. So might as well give them what they want. Like, just don't send them mm-hmm. to Republican cities. Send them over there. Like, for one, they're sanctuary cities. So don't cry. Well, yeah.
0: You
1: know, that's like, the, that's the, that was the wanted. whole
0: policy prescription, right? Yeah. From then you 20, got, call it 2018 forward, more or less. And then right. you got Mayor
1: Adams going on, playing the race card, because
0: oh, it's God,
1: only in black cities. Only cities with black mayors are the only ones, and I can't overlook. It also happens to be sanctuary cities, buddy. It doesn't, uh, it, I'm sorry that it's coincidental that we have black Public officials there and black mayors in these Mm -hmm. cities, your your sanctuary city cries and your grab at power and and your race baiting tend to go hand in hand. So while you're the the average stupid person might fall for that race card, most of us don't. Um, Feinstein, I thought she had ties to China. Like isn't she been bed bed with Chuck for quite some time
0: for twenty years? yeah but you know I'm not gonna beat up on on an old lady that's not cool um Diane Feinstein, as much as I don't agree with her on a wide variety of things, has spent her most of her entire excuse me most of her adult life uh in public service and um you gotta give her credit for that. She didn't have to nobody forced her to she's made enough money right. She could have split a long time ago, but she felt like she had more to contribute. Okay, great. She's uh, 89 years old, I believe. Yes.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Leave her alone. Let her recover from shingles. That's painful, I'm sure. Um, Yeah. At her age. Uh, Let her come back to the Senate, uh, finish out her term, or decide on her terms to retire. Um, Yeah. Senator Jim Inhofe decided to do that. <clears throat> Excuse me last year no one on our side forced him out Mark Wayne Mullen who's the senator that took his place from Oklahoma was a congressman at the time nobody forced him out Yeah nobody said okay Jim you got dementia you suck time to leave right cuz we don't do that uh in the Republican party we don't we don't do that to people um and I I just think it's terrible but you know it is what it is man so, and so I got a question in terms so let me, of... Let me say something to you about what you just mentioned, though, about um, uh, not, uh, not Feinstein. What, what did you just say? What were we talking about a second ago?
1: I was talking about
0: <clears throat> uh, sanctuary cities. Sanctuary cities. So that's a policy that was put in place when a um, friend of mine, Jewish guy, Rahm Emanuel was mayor of Chicago, Um, pot-smoking, other wacko Jewish guy, if we're going to, you know, use the Democrats' way of describing people, which is just pathetic. Uh Um, Bill de Blasio, I think he came in in 13, and by 17, 2017, after the New Yorkers were dumb enough to reelect this guy for a second term. Uh Mm-hmm right, um he uh sanctuary city, they popped up like crocuses all over the country, right, yeah, and so my point is is um it uh it isn't by accident, and it certainly isn't by intent that the people that followed them that happen to be black folks, and you know the next one might not be, and the next one after that might be, who cares, Eric Adams makes. Um, David Dinkins, the mayor of New York, um, in the latter part of the eighties going into 92 before Rudy Giuliani was elected, looked uh-huh. like a fucking genius. Okay. This guy is so incompetent and so completely above, uh, uh, his ability to manage that city is so stratospherically above his capability. To do oh, so, it is absolutely wrong.
1: Oh, no. I just listened to this talk, and I just I don't understand how they get into these positions. Like, they can't even formulate
0: sentences. They're well, so do you, bad do you see, at reading. Where the where do you see Brand, yeah. What do you see, Brandon Johnson, who's going to come in after Lori Lightfoot? You're going to oh. think Lori Lightfoot was a Republican after the first year. Okay, And the exodus, let me tell you something, the exodus of money, $225 billion of taxable revenue in a four-year period have have left New York. Now, what do you think that's going to do to the rest of the New Yorkers that own a business, have a car, lease an apartment, own property, etc.? Don't care. Up and up and up and up, which means more of them are going to Exodus and in, in uh, GTFOH, right? Yeah,
1: and that's how it so, should be. Uh, that's the only know, thing these people understand. The
0: Anheuser-Busch
1: had to understand what the people actually care about mm-hmm. for them to get the message.
0: 100%. Like, unfortunately,
1: these cities have to feel it in their pocketbooks. Before they finally get the idea that crime is bad, economy is good, (laughs) social justice
0: warriors' causes is just fodder. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. joke. I'll I'll tell you something. It's an interesting metric, and I'm I'm going to share it with you uh, on a consistent basis um, because I I really liked it. I hadn't thought about this in terms of the. Concentration of people in downtown metropolitan areas um, using just this one metric that I'm going to tell you about. Um, Yeah. Cell phone usage. Do you know that um, in a three year period, the cell phone usage in San Francisco has gone from 93 percent down to guess what percentage? 72. 30.
1: What? Yeah. Cell phone usage has gone down to 30% in San Francisco? Yes. How do you even, how do they measure that first?
0: Well, call? I mean, you measure the, the total number of calls that are pinging off of towers that are in the yeah. uh metropolitan uh city center, right? Number one. And you think about the two years of COVID that took everybody to their homes to work. And then the other systemic factors are crime, public safety, and the businesses that are closing. And then you look at the uh, level of occupancy in those buildings. I guess there's a building for sale um, a year and a half ago that was worth $300 million, mm-hmm. uh for sale. It's worth $80 million right now. That's right. Right. You're not gonna recover from that, man. No, and you know You're not gonna we've recover- been and so he did a he did a chart of other cities too, and it's yeah. just it's virtually as devastating. It's not 30%, but it's almost as bad. I mean, it's a twenty-five, thirty-five, forty percent drop in cell phone usage in center cities where people used to commute to park their car, get off of a public transportation and go into a building and work all day. And they're not now, doing it
1: anymore. Is this an issue that's across the board? Yeah, like it's for both parties. Like just, well, any it's not really city? even a
0: party thing. It's just a, it's just a, a center city, big city concentration. Now those cities happen to be most of them blue and run by and sanctuary cities and cashless bail and open drug markets and rampant crime. And so those are other uh, uh, delineating uh, factors that play into people going, I ain't going back. And then, and then the employer goes, "Well, we're gonna fire you." And they go, "Fine, I quit. Fuck you," and they go find yep. another job.
1: Like the my only concern with mass exoduses is if Blueies start coming into red states and bringing their bullshit with them, like Arizona has had to experience with Californians, mm-hmm. and. Pretty much everywhere. Colorado, California, Midwest, um, but mainly California. And I don't want to see some of these red strongholds um, be tainted by some of these extreme blues that don't want... Like, they should have to feel what they've been voting for. Like, they should right. just have to experience it, because... There's so many ignorant ones out there, like they just they don't understand what that vote really means, like they they like, okay, so what if I voted for Biden? I didn't vote for uh there being high crime rates and an open border and this and that. I'm like, how do you not understand that by you voting for him? You put all this into play. How do you not understand that if you vote for a governor that you're putting all these things into play. Like they're at the top. They help put all these people in at lower levels and distribute the money where they need. Like, right. How do you not understand that if you make somebody the most powerful person, that everything that person does is going to trickle down. And when you look at the States or the cities that, are swayed by, let's say, a Biden administration, you have to take the responsibility. And they just don't want to do that. They can't. Uh, I don't want to gripe too long about how Democrats <clears throat> seem to be, uh, would have their, most of them have their head in the mud. But just going back to that whole Biden scandal, another one. Um, We're starting Something to see more... W- yeah, we're starting to see a lot more whistleblowers, and we know that mm-hmm. he did just announce that he is running again. What's mm-hmm. the chances that we're going to start to see more Democrats doing stuff behind the scenes to make this type of stuff happen to get him out? Or is this already happening? It's already happening.
0: It's already what? happening. Hold that. Thought. I'm going to address that in a second. So, you know, for our audience today, I mean, the other two issues that are ticking time bombs are the um, shutting down of Title 42 in less than a week, excuse me, uh, on the 11th of May. So a little more than a week. And in less than a week, we also have a time bomb on the money issue, on debt. So in less than a week. um House and Senate leaders are supposed to go down to the White House because Joe's red line, uh, we discovered, is his memory. And when he said he wasn't going to negotiate, well, it looks like you're going to negotiate unless you're going to have Jill make some uh, uh, chocolate chip cookies for the uh, speaker and majority leader and and their two colleagues that are coming with them. you know, Uh, but... Mm. Yeah. So we've got illegal aliens that are gonna surge at probably somewhere between two hundred and fifty thousand to four hundred thousand a month. And then over here you've got uh the uh debt ceiling and negotiations, and now we can add the trifecta of a what seems to be a legit whistleblower at the Department of Justice. I want to emphasize that to everyone. That's at the Department of Justice that says. We've got paperwork and letters uh, from Biden when he was a president, indicating that he changed policy predicated on the interests of a foreign national and a foreign national government. Um, I mean, the so mother... It's, it's literally breaking today. As we the speak. old
1: gas bag literally was bragging about doing that in Ukraine, so... This doesn't shock me. I was going to withhold $2 billion until they came and did what I asked. Like, wow. Right. So you're literally saying that until they deposed an attorney general over there that you were going to withhold financial aid to Ukraine? (laughs) Uh, You're bragging about that and getting an applause. Like, how stupid can these people be? And they are brain-fucking-dead
0: it's just it's pretty bad it's pretty bad guys um i mean you know when you when you think about the um illegal alien issue um i had a meeting yesterday on that uh on capitol hill which i won't go into but this um whole border crisis is manufactured it's on purpose It's structurally put together for things to occur the way they are. Uh, It is completely unnecessary. It is absolutely um, counter to everything that national security is about. And um, the unfortunate aspect of it is we are playing with human beings' lives uh, as well as children. You know, a disproportionate number of these five-plus million people that have come over are fleeing centralized, um, corrupt governments that don't give a damn about them. And so bring us your tired, your huddled masses, totally appropriate, but we have a legal way of doing that. But what I worry about, and I've said this to you before, is I worry about the 30% along with the 100% of the gotaways that are criminals. That are being sent over here for specific reasons. In three years ago, we had 550 Chinese nationals cross the border. We've had six thousand cross the border. Yeah. They ain't coming over here to go to Disneyland and borrow and buy a condo. Well,
1: okay. I mean, right? they they seem to be getting it under control because I don't know if you heard. Corrine, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme the other day, <laughs> say that border crossings are down by 90%. Right. And it's like, well, let's see here. What's the denominator there? Mm-hmm. So all we have to do is make something so terrible, statistically speaking, and then somehow <clears throat> find a way to decrease one specific area so that you can pull these numbers out of your ass. Right. Then you get to pat yourself on the back. Like, no. And I loved hearing all the apologists for Biden sending troops down to the border and being asked, well, what about when Trump did it? And they're like, well, well, you you know, Trump was building a wall, you know? Right. And keep in mind that the people welcoming these immigrants in blindly from the Northeast and, the Northwest and places that aren't touched by them are wearing t-shirts that have the flag of these countries that they're fleeing as if these socialist totalitarian countries are some sort of Mecca or holy land, or they've reached some point of nirvana and they're coming here to share it with us. So we can ultimately either take their holy scrolls, and somehow implement them here because it's worked
0: so well. Right, right. Um, well, <laughs> it 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 would it would be uh, uh, even more tragic if it wasn't laughable, but it's really tragic, right? Yeah, it, it really there's is. Truth to
1: that statement, like yeah. that asinine statement I just made, is actually has. A there, little bit there's too nothing, much no, there's basis, nothing wrong with that. But, you know, it, it's sad that there's truth to that statement. That's the the hard part. The only way we can deal with it sometimes is to laugh at it because it's so fucking ironic, pardon my French, but uh, it, it's reached a point where up is down, left is right, and hopefully it's going to all explode and we can start to... Put the pieces back together because yeah what you've been outlining since the top of this show is it looks like we're in
0: for a uh in explosive summer we are and it's unfortunate and i you know again i had this discussion in in two meetings uh yesterday uh the other was on a different topic but we ended up talking about it uh it was with a democrat office as well and um even if we do, let's say, 300000 a month, right? By the time Congress gets back after Labor Day uh, from their August break, we'll have an additional 1.2 million people in the country illegally that we will not be able to care for, that we will not be able to feed properly, house, educate, employ etc right uh-huh. so that gets us closer to 7 million um again totally um something that was you know planned predicted etc etc whole nine yards and um and every sad. single one it's of them needs to be, uh,
1: yeah every single one of them needs to be shipped to the cities that have been campaigning on welcoming them with open arms. I don't care about the resources they say they don't have because my state and Texas and even California don't have the amount of resources in the South necessary to deal with these surges that we've been dealing with for two and a half years. No, you don't. And
0: No, you do not. Absolutely, you do not. And nope. I'm
1: so sorry, there's a 100,000 of them that showed up on my doorstep. Oh, no! New York City is the biggest city in this country, one of the biggest in the world, at least most powerful. The resources there are endless. Like, there's no reason that they so can't that makes, get...
0: Uh, you know to some extent but again if if in a 3 year period they've lost uh, a quarter of a trillion dollars in taxable revenue yeah, um, i don't care that that endless figure starts to shrink like that and you saw that with uh gavin newsom also one of the worst governors in california history um, I mean he's American San, history. Yeah, screwed up San Francisco uh, as mayor, then he was light governor for two terms under Jerry Brown. Um, and he went from a um uh, a twenty-two billion dollar surplus to a twenty-five billion dollar deficit. So how he swung He's actually 27, so he swung all the way over here because of spending and more spending and more spending well, over he, and over again. And you he, saw it today was more like he job, rolled off a cliff. Well, kind of. Uh, the jobs report today was supposed to be about 146,000 jobs created for last month, it was 350. Okay. Um, Very hot, uh, uh, double the size of what they anticipated. And when you are creating jobs going this way or jobs are recovering going this way in specific sectors, right? Mm -hmm. But you are going this way in trying to um, slow down the economy. We got another uh, 25 basis point rise in the Fed today, so on to the sort of money portion of our show to talk about debt and deficits, Um, you are working counter to the economic goals of not just the Fed, but also to what White House, the Congress, business governors want. Because what's happening with the Fed is they just raised interest rates. They made money more expensive. They made it difficult for uh, regional banks, which are going to get the living, you know what, kicked out of them the next three or four months to lend money to you, a small business person, to expand your business. Because you don't have a million dollars just laying around Uh in your small business. It just doesn't work that way. Right. No. And and so those two forces work against each other. And it's um, uh, it's a train wreck. It's an absolute train wreck. And then on top of that, you have commercial real estate um, that is, dude, I'm telling you, they're going to get slaughtered. Yeah. Um, they're going to get Domin- slaughtered. It, it's it's not good. It's not good. The next um, four to six months are going to be very difficult it will likely tip us into a recession that as i said before is going to, it's going to take till the second quarter 2025 to get out of yeah and it's coming it's inevitable
1: and i i still can't understand how Newsom's name keeps getting shopped around as a democratic front runner for the united states president like i I can't fathom how somebody that has been so bad at his job can possibly move up but then i remember it's america the home of fail upwards
0: who is uh who's ron johnson in the audience do you know uh you know ronnie rj Yeah. What's up Ron, John? Good dude. Great dude. There we go. Well, we appreciate you being here, man. Um, Yeah. The, the bottom line is, is these, these two forces are working counter to each other and the end result of that is an imbalanced economic picture and it's going to end up hammering guys like RJ and his neighbors and, people in in his town and city that he lives in uh, across the country. At the same time, we we are going to end up seeing uh, a lot of the same policies remain in place that brought us here from spending to uh, no deterrence for criminals uh, because we're going into an election cycle. And everybody's going to tighten up and and not want to what not want to do too much, right? Yeah. So you asked me a question a little bit I said I'd, I'd hit pocket that um, about uh, um, motivation to change and will <laughs> will Congress change it all? <clears throat> Excuse me. And I'll tell you, the um, he leaves that my democrat friends are looking at are starting to look murkier and murkier because you have 23 democrats up for reelection um next year right mm-hmm. and um three of them are not coming back 10 of 10 republicans are up and they are all coming back every single one of them So we will likely take the Senate back and you are going to see an intractable Senate for the time being. And as that scandal with Biden and the DOJ and this whistleblower grows and grows and becomes more credible, it'll take about three months for it to get full bloom, right? Um, You'll start to see a shift away from him by people that would normally come out and say, He's my guy, I'm sticking with him, etc. So Watergate for Nixon was um late 73 into 74. He didn't resign until uh until 75, right? It took about a year and a half. Well, we've got about a year and a half before the next election. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Start I mean, to see the similarities. Right?
1: I I am, and I just you know, I never underestimate the stupidity of Americans. So as well, I would like to say that it looks good. We know that well, even we'll when it looks good, that. uh it it doesn't always shape out that way. So
0: no, I definitely no, not in account- the echo chambers then was TV news which is actual news instead of opinion right actual reporting and your local newspaper and to some extent uh your uh AM radio uh show right um now we have many more echo chambers like here on the no filter network
1: the no filter network
0: to uh use and abuse people and and uh, get them thinking but same same token is um people are going to dig in we're very divided right at the moment but i i will i will tell you that um the con
1: um i think we just had a freeze out there by mr mark smith so I'm going to take it here. So I see RJ's in the audience talking about Tucker Carlson and that we love Tucker Carlson. Well, what I'll say about this is he's going to go off and he's going to do his own thing. He's going to find some other alternative media outlet to go to, which I think is important. I think that there needs to be more outlets because Fox News and CNN and MSNBC are all built on alarmist, sensational. Right. They don't do the real reporting anymore because it's boring. People don't like Mm -hmm. the news the way it was told in the 60s, in the 70s, in the
0: 50s. They don't go... Oh, you mean real information and critical thinking? You mean that?
1: Yeah, that is too boring. (laughs) Everything needs to be now. It needs to be fast. It needs to be exciting. There needs to be explosions. There needs to be more scoring. There needs to be less defense. You name it. Right. It's all right there. And until people are willing to either put their phones down and read a book.
0: Mm Mm-hmm
1: or they're willing to not get baited by all these victims out here on every side of the aisle, then we're going to keep doing what we're doing. But, uh, you know, the further we get apart, the worse it's going to get. And we just keep getting further apart because there seems to be a lot of bozos out there that are, hellbent in making a ton of money off of keeping us on edge.
0: Well, it hasn't been that way all the time, but now we have it on mass and corporate media is, uh, you know, is certainly uh, promoting that. I mean, well, that's the difference. uh, Yeah. Look at my friend, uh, look at my friend Christo's show, uh, Succession. I mean, it's a perfect, a uh, fictional yet real uh, example of what the hell's going on here—that that, uh, that Amazon Prime show, The Boys, yeah, you know, the uh, superheroes that are out of control, and they got to go, you know, contain them and all that kind of stuff. Same thing. Corporate uh, Gigantor Corporation owns these guys and then tells people what they want to hear. So it's a drug. And, you know, for me, um, what'll be interesting, Rick, (laughs) what's going to be interesting is what did Kamala know and when did she know it? Because you don't got to get rid of one. You got to get rid of both of them. And the Democrat Party knows it. Okay. You could get Donald Trump and Alex Jones as his vice president nominated and and win an election if Kamala Harris is the presidential nominee for the Democrats in 2024. Because there is no one, not little gay Pete, not uh um widow's peak Gavin, you know, hashtag petroleum boy, right? Mm-hmm. Um Put up next to her, two Californians. In other words, holy shit! Right, one who can't manage a state, and the other one who can't manage a, a complete sentence or a, or a full thought. Right, without without giggling, they got to get rid of both of them. Well, <laughs> my
1: prediction is Biden is going to get impeached. About let's say. Two months before the presidential election, so that they can ascend Kamala to the highest seat in the land. And that way they can <clears throat> echo 2008 and say, We did it. We put it an African American female the, in. Yeah,
0: the time and frame. There are will... so
1: many. There are so many African American women that are so much better for that job. I just don't want it I don't want to see it just to do it. Like I, I don't understand why they keep getting the worst representation possible. Yeah. Like Kamala's a dingbat. She just flat out is. Yeah. It'd be no, like well, she's me, not she's not it'd be like me crossing job. my fingers to have Marjorie Taylor Green be the <laughs> vice president. You know what I mean like they're fun in their own little quirky ways in their own little corners but do I yeah. want to see them no. have a nuclear code? No, no, I prefer I prefer not to have
0: that. Or or making monetary decisions? No, of course not. Or or national yeah. defense decisions? No, of course not. And so um the time frame for that would most likely be in the first quarter latest April of next year so just under a year um because you're still um let's call it April so you're still um two and a half to 3 months out from the convention the democrat convention in uh Chicago right and mm-hmm. um so bottom line is is you could then nominate a candidate or two by then. Yeah. I mean, there's constant polling going on anyway. Now, you know, who would replace Joe? Oh, it'd be this person and this person. There's yeah. a list about that long. Right. And, and, yeah. uh, and, you know, you look at these, um, these lists of candidates that are, you know, running right now. Trump's there, and he's the top, and blah 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 blah. You know, somebody's got one percent. Somebody's got three. You know, you know, DeSantis has got twenty-seven or whatever the heck it is, right? You know, Mike Pence has got seven percent. Um, well, more than half of them aren't going anywhere, and they all know it. But yeah. they're out there, right? They're out
1: there. Yeah, they gotta they gotta do it for their careers and say that they tried, and that's that. I can't wait to see once the 2024 race starts happening, and we see Democrats have to take shots (laughs) at Joe, and what that's going to look like because it's going to get all. I'll tell
0: you, I'll tell you, man. um, They, you know, if if he, assuming that he were to step down, right, and resign i the only people that are going to mention his name is the opposition. The Democrats aren't going to mention his name. They're not going to talk about it, probably they, not. That's, they simply that... are not going to and you could see you could see a um Biden stepping down with a mad scramble to fill Kamala's seat. She steps up and She then steps down or has um, a very big crowd, scratch that, a crowd of at least a half a dozen Democrats, legit, including Bobby Kennedy Jr., step up to challenge her because no one, and I mean no one, believes that she's capable of doing this job. Right. Well, you uh, then make it easier for a 45, a Trump to get reelected, interestingly enough, uh, or a real challenge from someone uh, even more legitimate than him, because he's 75 years old and he's going to be 80 by the time he were uh, to leave office after one term. If he chose to do that, we have the same we have the same problem on our hands. Yeah, uh, I personally don't see Kamala
1: stepping down just because. If so, if she does, obviously we're going to hear the same race baiting that it was. Yeah, maybe. You know, but they didn't allow. Or she was a woman; this, she didn't have a chance. There wasn't a yeah. fair shake. Ra 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 ra. I think she still means something to some people out there and whether me and you and other people who actually watch the news and watch what she does. And more Mm -hmm. importantly, what she doesn't do knows that she's not good at her job. Like we can objectively say that minus what we may think of her personality, her cackling, whatever. You just look at the facts. Her staff doesn't like her. They left in droves because they said she was ill prepared and well, she told Brides to I'll
0: put it to you that way.
1: <laughs> yep. And she she just isn't good. hmm So I, I I keep seeing in the chat retrumplitting. <clears throat> So, what exactly is a retromplicant? Because, you know, I remember the KKK in like I don't know the '60s and maybe around the time of American History X, but I don't really remember seeing any white supremacy rallies. Like I know they happen behind closed doors, but I yeah. can't remember the last time I saw swastika holding white nationalists marching down. Chicago Avenue.
0: So when I let me uh, let me clarify, uh, let me clarify if I may, um, for those that aren't accurately reflecting history, um, Nathan Bedford Forrest was uh, was the um, he would say Charlottesville. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, Nathan Bedford Forrest was the uh, um, creator of the KKK in the 19th century. He was a Democrat. And for City. the better part of three centuries, the Democrat Party have suppressed and tried to eliminate minority rights. The Republicans, on the other hand, have never done that. Um, and so we're not responsible. The GOP isn't responsible for Dred Scott, Plessy versus Ferguson, um, Brown v. Board of Education, and in fact, in 1964, um, and I'll send you a terrific article written, um, oddly enough in Politico in 2014, um, on how the Republicans saved civil rights, because we had to negotiate with the majority and Lyndon Johnson, whose grandparents all owned slaves, uh, to get the 1964 civil rights act passed. So our dear friend here in the chat room can, um, squirt out all the, um, digital ink he wants to like he's shitting on a toilet but the facts don't line up with reality uh, (laughs) uh, of what's showing up on the screen here having said all that um so we appreciate it when people uh render their opinion but you got to know what you're talking about uh instead of just shoot your mouth off because then you just sound like a fucking idiot (laughs) so at the end of the day um the uh uh, history of racism in this country is solely planted in one party only, and it ain't the GOP. Um, having said that, um, I'll move on to something even more important than that. Um, I read an article, and I shared it with you, and you're an educator. And I got to tell you, man, I I just can't imagine how you feel about this. But I really want our audience... To understand it. I sent you an article uh, that was written yesterday, I believe it was, uh, teachers sound alarm on growing problems in schools, say colleagues, specifically with the morale in schools, with the behavior of students, and the way that schools are um, allowing behavior to get out of control. And I'm just wondering, and then they're seeing a, a a uh an exodus like we are in police and other first responder environments around the country um of teachers just leaving the profession. And could you share a little bit of of what it is that you're seeing in relation to um any of that? If at all. Well, I'm making an assumption on your uh, about your circumstances, but I, I'm just wondering if you're you're seeing that as well.
1: Absolutely. Uh we've got a teacher that's been teaching for over thirty years who's retiring early because she's had it. She is I mean, these kids are terrors to her. Now mm. the, the teachers play a role as well when they become over disciplinarians and don't Try to engage and create relationships with the kids, but Mm -hmm. if you don't discipline children in a way that they are afraid of, they're just going to continue doing what they want. It's just like if you make crime easier, what's going to happen? Are criminals going to be more likely to commit crimes? Or less likely to commit crimes. Well. It would seem. That they're going to be more likely to commit crimes. And it's no different with kids. You give them uh, an inch. They're going to take a mile. And Mm -hmm. we. Specifically where I am. Did a terrible job. Of holding a standard of okay. Here's. Here's. Here's the parameters. You get X amounts of detention, it leads to suspensions. You get X amount of suspensions, it leads to an expulsion. We are so afraid to discipline kids and say, see ya. These parents want to use education system like a daycare. And Mm -hmm. in lower income areas, like where I'm at, these parents aren't involved. They don't go home and read with their kids or watch what they're eating or make sure they go to bed. They may do the bare minimum. Some of them, and you know which students have parents that are involved. They get good grades, they listen in class, et cetera, et cetera. The ones that are completely defiant, that just walk out of class when they want to, that refuse to do work, I mean, they think school is the stupidest thing because. They're going to be influencers one day. Like, that's their life
0: goal, is to one day be an influencer. Now, And what happens when that doesn't happen, Rick? They're not, they're not uh, prepared. Well, they're going to be dregs the, uh, on society. Yeah. They're going to yeah. fail. That's and they're going to have
1: to learn tough lessons. And hopefully, I will, and hopefully a few other adults will have given them enough encouragement and remind them, look, you're going to make mistakes in life. Some of them are going to be real bad. And you're going to have to pick yourself up and dust yourself off when you fail. And that's what I try to teach them is resiliency. Because I know which kids are most likely not going to make it out. I know which kids are going to struggle with education And I know which kids are probably going to be in and out of institutions. But what I want them to know is that just because that happens, it doesn't mean that you can't live out your American dream. Like you still are worth something and there are still opportunities. Like you can change your life like that if you want to. Sure. And I know that I can't want it more than them. And I tell them that. I'm like, I'll put in whatever you guys want. You want to give me 110% as a teacher, I'll give you 110% back. But if you guys don't want it, then I'll let you do your thing. I'll try to get you to do the work, but I'm not going to harass you about it. Like, you got to take responsibility for your grade. Some of the athletes are starting to see like, hey, I got to get grades if I want to play. Some of the other students realize, hey, I've got to do schoolwork so I can hang out with my kids and be in class because the other option is online schooling. And kids, uh, parents and adults are so afraid to say, all right, you're, on, you're online. These kids will be begging to come back within two to three weeks, <laughs> begging, because yeah. it will be so Boring.
0: Well, an online, you know, an online uh, classroom is not a substitute for a real classroom. That's for darn sure. Nope.
1: And you know, I was teaching yesterday, and you know, I like to talk with my kids, get their what, opinions uh, on stuff. Subject? Uh history.
0: Very good. Social studies.
1: Any, any so, particular
0: era in history at all? Or
1: uh, right now we're doing government, so it's a lot of early. Pre-revolutionary constitution mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. preamble stuff like that, Good. but we're also diving into taxes. What are taxes? What are this? What are that? You know, uh, branches of government, etc. Stuff that's really boring to kids, and I try to relay it in terms of real-world stuff. You know, like explaining the difference between socialism or communism and capitalism. You know, you say those words, the average 6th, 7th, and 8th grader is not going to understand the differences between them.
0: Yeah, they want to understand the principles.
1: Yeah. So I explain it to them like this.
0: I'm like, okay. You, you, and you. So you've got 11, 12, and 13-year-olds.
1: Yeah, 14. It's like uh, 11 through 14, mostly. So... I'll take, I took three kids to explain what capitalism and socialism is. And I said, you, 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 you guys get a test. You got a 97%. You got a 40%. And you got a 55%. Now, Capitalism or merit-based economics would leave the grades as is. You two earned failing grades. You earned a high A. In communism and socialism, you would not get an A. They, the 40% and the 55%, would move up into the C range, but so would you. How do you guys feel about that? And there were some jeers, like, Oh, I'd be cool with that, from you can guess what kind of students, but most of them were like, Hell no. And I said, Well, that's what non-merit-based economics is. Now, we also have to remember that there are have and have nots. Some of it has to do structurally with the world we lived in and the world we live in. But everybody in this country has the chance to be educated, have a roof over their head, a family, food in their bellies, If they work hard, no hardworking person will ever starve, period. Now, you may be at a job you don't like. Welcome to being an adult. You may not make the amount of money you think you are owed. Welcome to being an adult. Life is not fair. But do you think that life is so unfair that you are at such an advantage that these kids your peers deserve to have grades that are higher and you deserve to have a grade that is lower and as I was say most of them did not agree with that. Most of them did preferred merit based economics. And it's when you talk to kids and you put it in relatable terms that they understand. Like today, I was talking to them about AI. I'm like, "What do you guys think of AI? You know, because some of these kids are gamers. They got smart brains. They know about technology. They know they they're smart in a lot of areas. They just don't apply it sometimes to traditional education. Right. And I explained, are you guys worried about robots taking your jobs as if they would be worried about that? And there's like, no way. There's no way that would happen. And I'm like, it's already happening. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, you ever gone to McDonald's and ordered off the touchscreen? Well, yeah, that's awesome. I'm like, yeah, that used to be somebody's job where they would take your order. You ever gone to a grocery store like a Walmart and see the self-checkout? Yeah. It's usually for uh, people who have less stuff and just want to go faster. I'm like, so you like it? Yeah. I'm like, you feel more empowered, like you have the option to do something better, right? Well, well, yeah, like you understand that they're getting you to do their job and the company is getting to pay less cashiers to do that job. And all they have to do is pay for robots that gives you the technology to do it yourself and you are willing to do it happily. And their brains just like
0: just exploded yeah. yeah yeah they were like i mean oh. you can you can also tell them that a human being has sick leave they have medical emergencies they have um vacations they have salaries they're being paid or hourly wage and there's no moving parts uh with ai it's software built into hardware that costs one price one time that's it
1: well that's what I explained to them in terms yeah. of income. I said, so imagine how much more money these people these companies are making because now they're paying four less less cashiers. Let's say you have to have three cashiers for the day. You have four registers. That's three employees for one register. So that's mm-hmm. 12. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now you have to set that over a week, over right. a month, over a year. They are making that money back and all they had to do was pay for this machine and convince you to do the work happily.
0: Well, let me let me tell you another way to look at it too is that it wasn't just because of COVID that um baristas are now making sixteen dollars an hour at Starbucks um It was a shift in the marketplace and labor resources, but also as they incorporate more AI to do back end and some front end and parallel activities, they can actually pay people more money to keep them there because you need human beings in those kinds of retail environments. So I'm, I'm always fascinated by the economics of how a company does something. Um, But I, I, I do want to, so I appreciate, again, I appreciate you enlightening me about your experience as an educator, because, you know, we, we have to teach the next generation that not only is there hope and an opportunity for them, but there's a necessity uh, for them to um, desire to do better and learn. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got two things before we conclude for today. Um, And they're both kind of upbeat things. Uh, We like to talk about sports here on No Filter Network because it is a Sports Network, after uh, all, right? Um, really cool story out of uh, outside of San Diego, the uh, Rainbow Oaks Restaurant. Some little twenty-something uh, TikToker with uh, nothing to think about but her own um, existence on the planet was um, scared to death, quote unquote, and a bunch of other little lemmings uh, chimed in on TikTok when at noon at this restaurant, they've been doing it there for years. Um, they sing the pledge of allegiance at noon mm-hmm. so she's eating her pancakes and people get up and they sing the pledge of allegiance and she freaks out because she's a, uh, insipid 20 year old, um, uh, uh, single-minded individual with purple Uh, hair and a nose ring. Yeah. She's this this kid. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I put a shout out to the rainbow Oaks people on their Facebook page, you know, total attaboy. Thank you for reminding those that don't know, want to know, or never learned that patriotism love of country is about many more things other than them than themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that was really a cool story. I shared that with you, and the uh, the one that I'll end with, which I'm pretty stoked about, is uh, even though the I'll put it to this way: the rules for thee, but not for me, crowd, uh, have finally let Novak Djokovic play tennis mm. here oh. in the United States. So he'll be coming to the U.S. Open. Uh, Even though for over a year, uh, the crowd didn't have to be vaccinated, just the players. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just insane. But, you know, that's what you get when you uh, hire people that really have no business experience and and have a political agenda they're trying to push. But I'm pretty excited about that because he's a fantastic uh, sportsman uh, and a terrific athlete. So, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to leave you with that.
1: If I were him, I wouldn't even come personally. Be like, you guys can piss off.
0: Well, you know he's world number one, and uh, you know he. uh, I get it. He's not going to take that, man. You know, him and uh, Medvedev, him, he and uh, uh, a couple of kids uh, that that cranked it out uh, recently in um, uh, Wimbledon. And the French Open, the boy, I'll tell you, I can't I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'll put or Australian Open, I'll look I'm looking forward to it. But uh um anyway, um the uh draft. How did the uh, how did the end of the draft uh work? Uh in your estimation there, uh Uncle Rico. Well I get to talk about that
1: at length later today. Uh And I spoiler alert for anybody that's listening. Spoiler alert. If you followed the draft, you probably already know that the Cardinals are the worst Arizona teams (laughs) are just so terrible at everything they do, everything they are. I don't know why I watch sports. I just, I, I don't get it. I don't know why I care. I don't understand why I care about sports. They don't love me. Sports does not love me, and I'm a <laughs> bruised, battered wife of sports that keeps going back to her abusive lover. And you're,
0: you're a discarded doll on the side of the road. Somebody just threw you out of a moving car window, and you bounced into a ditch, right?
1: Yeah, and I'm trying to crawl my way back still. So to answer your question, no, the draft did not go well for me. It went well for some other teams that have, I don't know, GMs and executives that know what football takes. Um, Right. But apparently the Cardinals don't. So (laughs) I would love to eat these words. I would gladly put on a dunce cap and yell from a mountaintop that I'm an idiot and I know nothing of what I speak. Right. Right. But that's just not going to happen. That's not going to happen. They're going to make me look smart to myself and maybe a handful of others that will be upset that I'm right. And that's about it. All right. So screw you, Cardinals. I hate you. Suns, you can go screw off too while you're getting beaten to the ground. Uh, it was just an overall bad weekend for me. And if the Suns don't win on Friday... I might be off the grid for a little bit
0: right so right. you might be dark well listen i uh I always appreciate it um I appreciate your insights um you know we uh have a lot of fun here on uh, read the room on the no filter network. thank you very much. no filter network um but i will uh I will see you on friday we will sounds uh, good, brother again. we will talk about more things um and uh, you know, one of those topics will be sports. So, you know, I'll be, gent- I'll be gentle. Okay, I'll put on a glove. That's what you right. always say, right? Right. It's never I appreciate gentle. you. All right. <laughs> Love you too. We'll talk later, All man. Right. Later. See ya. Bye.